Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message.
Is anybody in a downsize season right now? Just anybody? Maybe just a few people, but I, I feel like the Lord is giving me a message that I don't believe just ministered to me, but I believe it is ministering or assigned to minister to those of you who are here live streaming as well as those of you who are here. Um, I want you just, if you're around someone right now, tell them I'm getting ready to get clarity. Just tell them I'm getting ready to get clarity. So last week, my, um, you can go ahead and put that up, um, Jermaine. Last week, my goddaughter spent the weekend with us and uh, my goddaughter, Azaria. And um, I posted this picture on my Insta stories, if you don't follow me, Mario J. Rafford at Instagram. Um, but I was playing with her, we were playing Flip Uno. And um, I found out that I don't like to lose. Maybe that's my weakness. You don't know. Some of y'all are cool, but I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like to lose. I not like it. I, I don't, I don't like to lose. Um, so I had a few winning hands and I was doing good and I had gotten cocky, prideful, spitting game, talking smack, talking to my goddaughter like, I got it. I got it. Then all of a sudden she won eight games in a row. And every time I kept saying, oh, no, I, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Got to the point where I got so mad. She's like, give me a hug. I said, get off me. He's like, give me a hug. I said, get off me. It's nothing like beating who thinks they got it all. It's nothing like winning in the face of somebody who thought they had the upper hand. So I believe that's why my goddaughter, who was not welcome at my house this weekend, I believe that's why... She left so much so that her little crazy mama texted me Monday and was just like, I, I hear you. She texted me Monday and was just like, how's it feel to lose? I was like, your mama. But anyhow, <laughs> but my goddaughter is rightfully my goddaughter because those of you who do know me personally, I, I have been called the king of shade. I've been called that. Um, and a lot of people can't handle it because they think I'm serious. And a lot of times I am not serious. I'm just joking. But... And in the age of sensitivity, I have to make sure that I monitor what I say because people's feelings get hurt and all that stuff. I'm like, well, I didn't mean it. I wasn't trying to talk about you, just your cousin. It wasn't you. I mean, so it's hard. But my goddaughter has picked up a lot of my traits, but her mom is like that as well. So it's genetic as well as being around it. But um, so I told her last week, I said, you know what? I got a message. The Lord spoke to me in the midst of this, this, this uh, game. But I'd already had this message, but he, he gave me clarity because I didn't know how I was going to approach it. Um, but I approached it from the sense of sometimes God has to switch up things in order for him to get the glory. It's in this text. Because when we get to, before you get into this particular scripture of the seventh chapter, you have to go back to the sixth chapter. And in the opening of the sixth chapter, we find out that the reason that the Israelites were captive or the reason that the, uh, the, the Israelites were under oppression is because they had done something wrong. They messed up. And because they messed up, the scripture says that God gave them over to the hands of the Midianites. There are some seasons, for those of you who don't know what the Midianites are, Gideon, all that type of stuff. There are sometimes some seasons of testing, some seasons of trials that I have been in when I look back over my life. 
is not because God did anything. It's because of what I did myself. God allowed me to go through it because of what I put myself in. Can anybody be honest right now? There's some seasons that you can look over and say, there are some things I did on my own. It is not God. I can't blame him. It ain't the devil. I did it. And that's what happened with the Israelites. They put themselves in a situation, in a place where God gave them over. But the scripture doesn't stop there. It says that over time of them being in depression, maybe around seven years, six years, I believe they wanted the depression of the Midianites. It says, but eventually God heard their prayer. They were praying while they were captive. They didn't stop praying even though they were going through. And I want to give you a message for those of you who are going through seasons and going through seasons where you might even be in a situation that you put yourself in. Don't stop talking to God because you're in a season or you're in a situation that you put yourself in. If anything, pray more when you do wrong than you did when you were doing right. Somebody just say amen. There's sometimes there's seasons that I had to pray more and call on them. I was like, Lord, I know I'm wrong, but Lord, you hear me. Lord, I know I did wrong. Lord, I did wrong. I mean, sometimes I was in college, especially when I was in college. I prayed more to him. Maybe y'all, those of you have been in college, don't worry about it. But there are some things that I'm so grateful that Facebook wasn't out at that time. I'm so grateful that Instagram wasn't out at that time. I'm so grateful that the reels of the things that I did, you will never know. You will only hear about them. There are times that I'm so grateful that God heard me in the midst of my wrong. So he heard them and it says that a prophet came and he said, I'm going to give you deliverance. I'm going to send you help. It's going to come through somebody who you're not even going to expect, but I'm going to send you help. At the same time, after that, an angel went to a guy named Gideon. He said to him, he said, the Lord wants to use you and God has a plan for you. And he said to him, uh, Gideon responded to the angel and he didn't know it was the angel at that time. He responded and he said, how can you use me? Hear this. Seeing that my clan is the weakest of all clan meant my family, my tribe is the weakest of all the families. If you would have used somebody who looked the part, I would have gotten that. But you come over here to the weakest in the bunch and say, you're going to use me. He said, I don't believe it. But the word went on. He said, I'm still going to use you, even though you see yourself as weak. Some of you all, just like Gideon, have disqualified yourself because you feel you are weak by your standards and by what you've seen. And no one in your family has done this or no one has done anything like this before you. But the word doesn't change just because of how you see yourself. He said, I still am going to use you, went on, and Gideon, because he didn't believe it, he kept saying, give me a sign, show me this. And, and there are a lot of us, just like Gideon, I, I want to take him, uh, take him out of the concept that there are many of us, like Gideon, who have to get confirmation after confirmation after confirmation after confirmation after confirmation after confirmation before we do anything. And many of those times, it's because you have a low view of yourself. Because of your low assessment of yourself, you don't think that God can use you. But I want you to look around to someone and say, God can use anybody. Say it again. He can use anybody. Matter of fact, say it to yourself. He can use me. Say it again. Say he can use me. Just because I have the microphone in my hand does not mean I'm the strongest in the room. It means that I couldn't bargain my way out of the call. It means even when I told him you're not getting a good deal when you get me, 
He said, I'm still going to use you. And that's how God works. Sometimes he will use weak things to confound the wise. So that's what happened with Gideon. And he gave him instruction. And I'm just giving you all the back end before I get into this, this text today. He says, he told him, he said, what I want you to do first, before you do anything with anyone else, he said, I want you to go into your family's house. And there is a God called Baal. I want you to take down that God called Baal, tear down that altar, and build my altar in its place. The God of Baal was something that was alternative to worshiping God. They had many idols. They had many other things they worshiped. And there was a God of Baal. He said, I want you to take down that God of Baal in your family's house. He said, and then put up my God, put up, my, put up something, that uh, altar that, that will worship me and give honor to only me. Gideon said, I have no problem with that, but he was afraid of his family. So because Gideon was afraid of his family, he still did the assignment, but he did it at night when they weren't around. Are there some of you who God has given instructions, but you are afraid of your family, so you do it when they're not around? Are there some of you who you come to church on Sundays, but you never post about it because they don't know you're saved? Are there some of you who are involved in worship, some of you who pray, and some of you who speak in tongues, some of you who read the Bible, and all that type of stuff, but you don't want anybody to know it because you don't want your family talking about you like that? Are you afraid to own God in front of your family? Let that resonate for a moment. Some of y'all don't pack up yet. Don't leave. Some of y'all shifting your seat like, did I come to the right service? Yeah, it's going to get better. Somebody says it's going to get better. The question is, all of us have gone through seasons where many of us had to choose between popularity and purpose. Where we had to choose between what looked right and what was right. And that's what Gideon's assignment was. He said, even though it might stir up your family, do what I've called you to do. Scripture says that he did what he was called to do. It says that the next day, the people got up. This is how you know it. The people got up and they said, the, the, the bell, the bell, the God of Baal is down. He's gone and he's been replaced with an altar. Gideon's father said, this is how you know. See, some of y'all, I'm, I'm going to say this real quick. Some of your family is waiting on you. He said, his dad said to the crowd, he said to them, he said, if that God is really true let him defend himself but if God is true he's gonna speak for himself and after that it shut down the whole matter mind you this God of Baal was in the house of his father and his family but instead of his family getting upset with him they said if that God was true or if that God was worth anything this whole time then he'll defend himself but if God is true oh he's gonna be standing at the end some of us, you, myself included, it is not that your family's not interested in God. Maybe you haven't torn down what they worship yet. Maybe generational curses think they live with you. Maybe they think they're supposed to be there because no one has ever challenged it before. 
So because no one has ever challenged it, everybody has settled for it. But maybe you are the one God is waiting on. Maybe you're the one that your family's waiting on for you to finally say, I'm tearing this thing down. I don't like it. It will not stay here. It has served us for too many generations. We will not be like this. We will not stay like this. I'm starting with me. Come on, Joshua. As far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Someone say, I'm tearing it down. Tear it down. Don't ever get to the point where you settle for stuff that doesn't belong there. Don't get to the point in your life where you settle for things in your life, things in your mind, things in your family, things in your dynamic that do not belong there. Have the courage to tear it down. Uh, uh, Charles Stanley says, obey God and leave the consequences to him. Someone say, obey God. So he went on and it says that because of that incident and because of him tearing down the God of Baal, it says that they then called him Jerubabel, which is to mean the one who contends with Baal, the one who wasn't afraid of what we were afraid of, the one who had the courage to tear down what we wouldn't tear down. The one who had the ability to speak to things that we lived with. The one who had the ability. The one who contends with Baal. The one who fought for our family. And now because of what he did, now we can point back to Gideon and say that's when deliverance started. With that one. <laughs> Somebody holler out and say, I'm the one. I'm the one. Somebody holler it out again and say, I'm the one. He pulled it down and said, Jerubbabel. So now we pick up in this particular scripture. We get over, over here in Judges, the seventh chapter, and it says that now that he was going to, the word was given that he was going to tear down the, uh, that he was going to give Midianites and to the Israelites' hand, there's going to be a switch, there's going to be a shift. It meant that no longer would, the, would they be under the oppression of the Midianites, but now they were going to take ownership and now they were going to fight and they were going to win. So now all of a sudden, Gideon uh, went from being weak to now having an army of 32,000 people. I'm giving you all this context because I cannot trust that many of you all know this story. And though it's taken me some minute to build this text, I want to make sure that when you go out of here that you don't remember quotes, but you remember the word. Because his word is what you're going to need when you're going to fight your battle that you have tomorrow. You don't need my quotes. You need his word. Someone say, I need the word. I need the word. I, I didn't even give you something cute. I'm just going to give you the word. I'm going to give you the word. So it says that he got there after he became weak. Now he had an army. Uh, of 32,000 people, I would be, I would feel good about myself if I was walking around with 32,000 people. I would, I feel like, oh yeah, I got this. Whatever I'm facing, I got, I got 32,000 people behind me. I'm cool. Well, before he got caught up in himself, God said to him, he said, hey, <laughs> let me tell you something about that 32,000 people you have. He said, it's too many. He said, you got too many with you. He said, oh, no. Because mind you, even though he had 32,000 people with him, the Midianites army was bigger than their army. He had 32,000, but it was in no comparison to what they had. So here it is. You've given me an assignment that is already bigger than me. But now you look at what I have and you say that what you have is too big. And I'm looking at what I have to face and I'm saying, no, it's not enough. It's not good. And it's, it's, it's not enough. No, I need everything that I have. Have any of you all ever been called to do something and God is asking for more than what you have? And you're saying, God, I see what you want me to do, but this is all I got. Remember last week, I don't have anything else to give. And you're challenging the very thing I have left. 
So God said to, he said to Gideon, he said, no, you got too many with you. He said, because he said, if you take them with you, they're going to think they did it based on their number. He said, you're going to have to lose those. You won't have to put them out the way. He said, there's too many of them. He said, I want you to remove those people. He said, really? He said, I, I, I don't have that many people. Why would you want me to move them? He said, I want you to get out. He said, because the first thing, if you're going to lose to win, he said, I want you to lose what's large so you can get what's loyal. He said, I don't ever want you to get caught up in numbers. Because there's always going to be a crowd to show up when there's a party. There will always be a crowd to show up on Sundays. But call a prayer meeting and see who comes. The crowd will always come to church on Sunday. But call an outreach ministry and see who comes. When it's time to serve the community, see who comes. He said, I don't want you to ever get caught up on Sunday and large. See, Jesus always ministered to the masses, but he only walked with the loyal. Because every time there was a miracle, the masses showed up. Anytime there was a cookout, the masses came. Anytime there was a DJ on the ones and twos, DJ 41, every time there was, there was always somebody who was like, ah, 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 ah. but when it was time for work, when it was time to go visit somebody in prison, when it was time to go visit someone in the nursing home, when it was time to fast, when it was time to study, when it was time to forgive your neighbor, when it was time to let go of issues, when it was time to let go of drama, you don't have the masses, you just have the loyal. And you need people in your life who don't show up when it's popular. But you need people who will be there when it's necessary. You need people who will be there to cover you in all seasons and all times. Don't talk to me after quarantine. Talk to me during quarantine. Don't talk to me after I get healed from COVID. Can you drop something off at my doorstep while I have COVID? Somebody say, I need somebody loyal in my life. Won't get you to caught up. Every revival that I know of, Shane, started with loyal people, not large people. Every time God moved in the time I found every time, it always started with a group of people. People who would get in rooms and pray and seek God and call upon his name. When the microphones were gone, when the lights were off, they would be calling on the name of the Lord and saying, I'm praying for my brother. I'm praying for my sister. I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my nation. I'm covering my niece. I'm covering my nephew. But we have everybody who comes on Sunday that wants the pastor to pray for you. But who is praying when ain't nobody else around and saying, I'm calling on you. I heard the word Sunday, but I want that word Monday. I heard the word Sunday, but I need that word Tuesday. God, get that word in my heart. I don't want it to fall on thorny ground. I don't want it to fall on anything. God, I don't want to lose what you gave me. God, I'm covering my mind. God, I'm covering myself. God, I'm covering my issues. God, I'm covering anything that's trying to take me back. Somebody say loyalty. Sometimes God will test you in your numeric system. Sometimes he'll ask you to tithe and you don't feel like you can't afford to tithe. 
Well, God will test you in your finances. And you're saying, God, I can't give because I need somebody to give to me. And God said, prove me now. Trust me. Trust me on this principle. He said, trust me. See, will I not open up the windows of heaven and see, will I not pull you out of blessing that you won't have room enough to receive? What a stimulus can't do, heaven can do. What they can't do, heaven can do. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're sounding. Somebody in the room say, I trust him had more bills than I've had money but I have been old I have been young but now I'm becoming old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken I have gone through seasons where I didn't think I was gonna have it I had preached in seasons where I didn't know how it was gonna come together but while I took care of his church he took care of my house somebody in the room say he'll take care of you well I've gone through too much for you to make me doubt him now Trust your crystals if you want. I trust the rock of my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected. Somebody say, I know him. He'll move you. He'll move you from large to loyal. He said, don't be concerned about the 32. He said, well, how are you going to determine who's with me and who's not? He said, oh, don't worry about that. He said, here's the first test. Whoever's quarreling and whoever has unforgiveness in their heart, whoever has issues, those people, he said, and those who have fear, remove them. He said, why do you want me to remove them, PJ? Why do you want, why those? He says, because if you're going to lose the win, you got to lose who's for them to who's for you. Oh, y'all missed it. You can't have a bunch of people in your army who every time it's trying to fight, every time it's time to fight, their issues keep them from showing up. Well, I can't because I would, but if I just don't know about and the last time I tried and I really don't like church anymore because and the reason I don't pray is because and I would serve because and I try to be on the team but and I would do this but and all these different buts and your butt is getting in my way sit your butt down you and your big old butt always in the way Keeping me from doing what I'm trying to do. Somebody say so-and-so's got a big old butt. Somebody, you got a butt that's getting in my way. I'm talking about the conjunction. Your butt is stopping you from moving forward. He says whoever's quarreling. Whoever has unforgiveness. Whoever has an issue. You know, I'm sorry y'all. That disqualifies a whole lot of people serving in church. Those who have quarreling and no forgiveness, but want to serve anyway. Do you know you can serve and still not win a battle? You can be on autopilot with your service. You can be on autopilot going to church and never change. He says, I want you to remove everybody who's for them. And you're going to only need people that's for you. Now, I'm not talking about you and your kingdom. I'm talking about for you and your assignment. 
I want somebody to say right now, God's sending who I need. Somebody just put that in the atmosphere. Say, he's sending who I need. Matter of fact, tweet it. Put it on Facebook everywhere. He's sending who I need. And some of you need to tweet it because they don't know you need them until you tweet it. Sometimes you need to put in the atmosphere and say, I'm not good by myself. I need somebody to help me with this thing. don't need you need help to, I'm trying to do the best I can you can't you don't nobody knows you need help until you say something oh in the country they would say a closed mouth don't get fed you sitting there hungry and you won't say nothing and somebody's got the hot water cornbread and you sit there salivating at the mouth if you want a piece of bread you better open up your mouth and say mama Emma make me some cake because I got a sweet tooth don't be sitting there hungry and you won't say nothing somebody open your mouth and say say something that's why some people can't get the breakthrough because you won't say nothing. Sitting there sick. I'm not talking about sick by the doctor. You, your soul is sick. You look good, but your soul don't. Your, your, your flesh looks all pristine. And you look like Kim Kardashian on the outside. But you look like tales from the crypt in your soul. But you won't tell nobody that my soul needs help. Somebody say, my soul. David said, one thing have I asked for the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord. My soul, my emotions, I got too many soul issues. Matter of fact, it's not them, it's my soul ties that I got. I'm too connected to too many people. I can't even get myself free because my soul is attached to too much stuff. Somebody say, take that attachment. Snatch that thing from your soul. I will never allow another person to control my soul. You might have controlled me in my younger years. You might have controlled me in my college years. But here at 41, I won't let another ninja control my soul. Somebody say, you can't have my soul. I'm sorry, I'm feeling real frisky today. Y'all pray for me. I didn't take my medicine. But I'm tired of being sick and tired. Send who I need, God. And said, let me get out of here. I said, I got to get out of this. If I'm preaching for anybody in the room, somebody holler out, say, it's me, it's me, it's for me, it's worse for me. Uh, uh. So he said, get those people out quarreling, people who fight and get those people out the way. It goes on. He says, he's all right. We got what we need. About 10,000 people left. And then they down to about. Uh, 22,000. I mean, now, yeah, now, yeah, because they had 32,000. Now they got, to, he said, 22,000. He said, now, he said, we good. He said, ah, uh, about that. Your number's still too big. <laughs> Let me tell you something real quick, and I'm going I'm to expose the devil and I'll be through. Some of you are uncomfortable right now because God is showing you who you thought was for you was never for you. And it's hard when you know you got a battle to face and the enemy you thought you knew was the enemy that you never knew. So he goes on. He says, oh, no, the number is still too large. He said, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, what I need to do? He said, don't worry. Take them to the water. Take them to the water and I'm going to give them a test. You go, he said, who I say goes this way, goes this way. And who I say goes this way, goes that way. He said, that's going to be the last test. He said, okay. 
So we got there. They ran. They got to the water. She says to two groups of people, one group of people, they got on their knees and then they took the water, they cupped the water and then they, they drank it. Say it again. They got on their knees, they faced towards the water, cupped their hands and then lifted up the water. That's one group of people. The next group of people, they didn't get on their knees. They scooped down got water, lapped it, and got up. Say it one more time. The first group got on their knees, so grateful I can still get on my knees, got on their knees, turned towards the water, cupped, took the water, and got up. The second group just bent over, grabbed the water, started to lap it, and got up. God said, all of those who got on their knees send them this way all of those who just bent over and drank and laughed excuse me send them this way he said okay you separated the groups now you have to understand according to culture because some of you wouldn't understand why that's important because in asia where this context of this scripture was taken in asia when there was battle or when there was haste or when there was a war when they were thirsty because when you're fighting you get thirsty when you're going through things, you get thirsty and you need water. When you're going through something, you don't have time for formality. You don't have time to go through all this. You see, that was, that was a talk culture. That this is the way you drink water properly. But it says those who are really warriors, they didn't have time for formalities. Because they were in pursuit they would bend over, scoop the water up. They would keep their head up and lap. This group of people put their head towards the water, which means that if you put your head towards the water, an enemy can creep in and you're not even looking. Because your eyes are on your need and not your enemy. But those people who were warriors on the inside, they didn't even know they were warriors. They had learned something from the hood. That you learn how to watch and pray. I'm spiritual, but I'm watching you. I'm saved, but my mama's ratchet. Don't get it twisted. I love God, but I throw hands. So they bent over, cupped the water. And we're looking because I, I trust this water, but I don't trust you. So he said, send these people here and send these people over here. He said, and so he's thinking because uh, uh, Gideon was not thinking about this process. He said, so he's like, oh, you're going to leave me with these people. He says, no, I'm going to do something with the 300. He says, why? You want me to lose that to get this? He said, yeah. Because, whew, this helps me, Guillaume. You better cash at me right now. He says, I want you to lose whose skin so you can get whose kin. Stinky leg. Everybody whose skin to you ain't kin to you. They might look like you. But they don't act like you. 
He said, for where are you going? You don't need people who look like you. You need people who are kin to you. Now, some of y'all thinking, you talking about my cousin? No. The word comes from the derivative of the word kindred. Kin means covenant. Somebody who I don't have to explain myself to, but gets me at hello. I don't have to explain everything, but you look at me and I look at you and you know what it's about. Come on. Have y'all ever had anybody like when you got an issue and something's going down and you don't have to give them the play by play? They just ask, where are we meeting? <laughs> All they say, what you want me to do? What, you, what, what, when? What time? They're like three o'clock. See you at three. You didn't text them the details. All they knew is there was an enemy that needed to be dealt with. So at three o'clock, all they do is show up with greased knuckles, hair in a ponytail. Like, what's up? What's up? I mean, what, what we doing? I mean, because where they at? Because I'm ready. And that's what he was saying. I don't want you to have people that are skin to you because sometimes people who are skin to you will keep you from what's kin to you. Sometimes when you change, the greatest issue you have is who who's is who's kin to you, who's skin to you, and now who's kin to you. Why is it that people who are kin to you understand you more than who's skin to you? Because sometimes who's skin to you is still stuck at where you were. But who's kin to you is taking you where you're going. So he said, I don't want anybody in this season who's caught up with formalities. I don't want anybody who's caught up. Well, this is the way we drink water. We get on our knees like this. And then we do this. And then they say, because that's my business. Now, I'm just saying, this is, this is what we do. We do it just like this, like so. Now I'm saying, we do all this just like this. He said, no, no, no. We don't need anybody who's following the rules right now. I need somebody who's able to throw the rules down and say, we'll pick that up later. It got us where it needed to get us, but it's not going to serve us today. And that's what some people are having a hard time switching, says Stephanie. Some people are having a hard time switching from religion to relationship. Because religion will remind you of all the rules and what you're supposed to do on first Sunday. And what you're supposed to do on choir day. And what you're supposed to do on women's day. And what you're supposed to do on convocation. And what you're supposed to do at revival. And some of y'all got the rules, but you never got a relationship. So you sitting over here with your rule self, dying in a religion. But Jesus came that you might have life and not religion somebody say I need him for the battle I gotta face I might not need old ship of Zion right now for the battle I face I might not need pass me not old gentle savior right now for the battle I face I might not need Wednesday night Bible study but what I do need are some ride or die people that will show up and say I don't know scripture but I know Jesus and if God be for us he's more than the world against us somebody say I'm about it like that I don't know the rules but I know him and what I do know is he snatched my life and what I do know is he delivered me and what I do know is he set me free is that enough for this battle somebody say that's enough uh, uh, my God my God my God so he said I don't need a whole bunch of people 
but the people I got gotta be people who know what they doing I don't need a lot of friends in this season I don't need a lot of people to be around me right now but I do know when I need something I need you to be there this is not the time for you to be looking up how to pray this is not the time for you to look up how to fight this is not the time to look up all the scriptures I need to know are you for me I need to know can you fight this devil I need to know can you fight this demon I need to know are you called to Lexington because if you're not called to Lexington go to Cincinnati if you're not called to Grove Point go to Main Street if you're not called to this church go somewhere else but for everybody here I need some lappers ain't nothing wrong with the other armies but this ain't that one matter of fact we don't even have uniforms Matter of fact, we can't even fund your weapons. All we know how to do is show up. Because showing up is half the battle. I want you to look around to a few people and say, if you need somebody to show up, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. Matter of fact, let's bring this into 2021. I need somebody to pull up on this thing right here. Somebody say, I'll pull up. You got a devil, I'm going to pull up. You got an issue, I'm going to pull up. Somebody trying to make you feel less than what you are, I'm going to pull up. Somebody trying to tell you you're not the head and you're not the tail, let me pull up on this devil real quick. And let me remind him that he's going to go to the hell that he came from. Somebody say, pull up on me. Pull up on me. I got to end. I don't have much time. I got to go. Church is almost over. Someone say, pull up on me. Pull up on me. So I'm through here. I've been preaching. I'm scared to go to the organ and put my own self in the key E flat because I, I feel like pulling up on myself because you know I know how to play too. And sometimes when you're in a battle and sometimes when you fight, and I know I've got a little, I got a little hood walk going on. I don't even know. I ain't from the hood. I'm from Greenville, Kentucky. I'm from Muhlenberg County. But when you've been fighting long enough, you got to tell that devil, I might be country, but in the spirit, I'm a ninja warrior. I thought you knew. Somebody say, I'm all that. I swag surf on the devil. I'll do whatever I gotta do to let you know you can't have my mind. All right. Get out of that. I'm through. This church done made me something I never thought I could be. I tell you, you need somebody that can fight. You don't need somebody that's going to stunt. I need somebody that can fight. If you're going to fight, fight. Don't play games. I'm through. Y'all laughing at me, and I'm laughing at myself like, Lord, what in the world? Jesus. I ain't have no organs. I had to make my own juice. I ain't got no lemonade, so you give me a lemon. I just put some sugar water and just stir it up. Do what you got to do. So... Last thing we threw. This is going to need you. I need your participation right here. Maybe by now the musicians have heard that I might need them. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. Maybe not. But I need your participation right here. Because in the ending, it says that they had 300. 
God said to him, I'm over my time. God said to Gideon, he said, he said, I want you to go over to the enemy's camp. He said, I'm going to let you hear what they plan. Gideon went over to the enemy's camp. Jason, woo, everybody better catch at me. So I went over, he says, he says, he went over to the enemy's camp, got there, and when he ear hustled, eavesdropped, he, he heard them say, I had a dream. And the dream I had was like a loaf of barley rolling into our camp rode into our camp and overtook us that means and I, I, I asked the Lord what does that mean he said the interpretation of the dream means that Gideon and his army is going to come and take over our camp and they're going to get the victory that was all Gideon needed with his 300 to give him the confidence he needed now those of you who don't know what barley loaves mean barley I'm trying to teach this brandy. Barley was the bread that was used for farmers. It was used to signify that you're poor and you can't afford anything else. Mind you, this, this camp, this enemy's camp was a fortified, strong, rich camp. So he said, I saw barley, lo I, I saw poor people. I saw people who didn't have the resources to do it come in here and get victory over what we thought we had. I saw them rolling in. Somebody holler out, I'm getting roll in. Someone say to me, I'm getting roll up. I'm going to roll in. I'm getting roll in. Don't roll up. Don't do that. I'm getting to roll in. Don't, don't, do, don't do that. No, 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 no. Someone like, he, Pastor Mario said roll up. He said roll up. No, 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 no. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Don't you dare roll up. I rebuke that spirit right now. <laughs> Some of y'all like church was good. Woo. Thank you, Lord. You give a high every time. No, that's not what I meant. You see, you're going to roll. <laughs> you're going to roll in. He said, take those barleys. He thought the barley meant it, it meant was an overtaking of the camp by people who couldn't do it on their own. They weren't even qualified to win that battle, but they won. Weren't even qualified for victory, but they still got it. I want somebody to say, I'm going to still get it. I'm, I'm everything that God has for me. I'm still going to get it. I might not have the resources. I might not have the money. But if he told me I can have it, I'm still going to get it. Even if I got to roll up to the meeting like y'all didn't hire me, but I'm still here. I'm sitting here making coffee. But matter of fact, I'm going to own this business because I'm going to roll in like that. Somebody say, I'm going to get it. So I'm through. I'm through. Thank you. all I'm through. God bless you. You roll in like that, don't you? <laughs> so glad you didn't roll up, but you rolled in. So anyhow, so he went in. He says, I want y'all to get in companies of three, 100, 100, and 100. Get around the camp. We're going to take some lanterns. We're going to take them. We're going to get torches. And then we're going to get a horn. We're going to get trumpets. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to sound the trumpet. We're going to smash the jars. We're going to lift up the torches and then we're going to say for God and for Gideon. 
we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna sound the trumpet smash the jars he said we're gonna throw up the light he said and then we're gonna holler out for god and for gideon the lord gave me that and i said lord that's something in that he said i want you to tell the people that it's getting ready to be time for them and this is what you need to do first you need to set the stage set the stage is to sound the trumpet what that means is i'm making an announcement of what's getting ready to happen sounding the trumpet means i'm getting ready to tell you i'm getting ready to prophesy what's getting ready to happen set the stage this is the part i really like this is where the hood church comes in after you set the stage set it off because they smashed the jars to say, I want you to know, not only have I prophesied, but I set this thing, I set this thing off to let you know I'm coming. After I set it off, then light it up. Light that torch. Let the light know I'm coming into the camp. And the last thing, let them know. It says, for God and for Gideon. I want everybody to stand to your feet right now because we're going to practice this. And I'm through. I want everybody to stand to your feet right now and we're going to practice this. There are some things that God has given you, God has spoken, that are going to happen in your life. And you haven't made an announcement yet. So you haven't said nothing. What I need is like uh, a real big, like um, um, army type of sound. Like, like a, uh, the best way I can describe it is like if, if I was in a, uh, a the band and before the band got to me, I could hear the rumble of the band before the band showed up. So before the band showed up, I knew there was a band coming. So all of us started dancing because we like the band's coming. The band's coming. The band's coming. We didn't even see them. So I need whatever that means to y'all. Interpret it. Ask the Lord. He'll give it to you. But I need something that makes a sound. Because some of y'all are getting ready to set the stage for your breakthrough and for your deliverance and for your healing that you need. And you need the right music. That's it. That's nothing like the right music. Y'all can laugh at me all you want to, but I'm going to get my victory. I feel like a drum major. No, just like. But I need you to set the stage. And once you set the stage, that means you're going to make an announcement. My family's going to be healed. My marriage is going to be healed. My finances are going to be healed my life is going to be restored whatever your announcement is and then when you set it off what that means is you start with life don't do what i do don't do that don't do what i do what that means is don't make an announcement and not get prepared for it <laughs> and then when it's time to throw up the light you shine that light in this room and you say every dark area I'm coming into every dark area I'm coming into and then when it's time to let them know you say for God now they say for God and Gideon but you say for God in my house for God in my bank for God in my house whatever you got to do are y'all ready I see these lights I see these lights all right y'all ready the first thing is, the first part, you got to open your mouth. 
The first part is whatever you need in your life right now, on the count of three, I want you to start declaring in the atmosphere. I want you to start speaking in this room because this room is pregnant. Are y'all ready? One, two, three. Come on, start talking. My church, my family, my job. Come on, open your mouth. Come on. Come on. Talk about it. Talk about it. Make an announcement. I'm coming to get my stuff. I'm coming to get my stuff. Come on, make an announcement. Now the second part is. Now set it off. I mean start moving. Start moving. Come on. Don't be. I mean set it off. Set it off. Come on. Now light it up. I'm coming for every house. I'm coming for my neighborhood. I'm coming for my church. I'm coming for my job. Coming for my children. Let's light this thing up. Let's light it up. I'm lighting it up. I'm lighting it up. Come on, I'm lighting it up. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. We're lighting it up. We're lighting it up. Light it up, light it up, light it up. Now lastly, say for God. They ain't say for Gideon. But you say for God and put your name in it. One, two, three for God. Come on, claim your family. Claim your children. Claim your house. Come on, come on. Now give them praise. Give them praise. Give them praise. Come on, victory. Victory. I got victory. Come on, I got victory. see some of y'all in the room some people put their phones down but some of y'all just like it don't have nothing to do with the music but you've been waiting on permission to start lighting some stuff up I want you to go home and say I ain't turned my light off another day I ain't turning my life off another second I've got to get victory in everything that's assigned to my life I got victory So that day, that day, the victory was won through 300 people. They lost what they thought they needed 
to get what they really needed. And I want to prophesy to everybody in this room that this season of your life, this last half of this year, you will not go into this last half of this year like you started the last 15 months. I want to say that one more time. This last half of this year is not going to be like the last 15 months. God's going to send something to you that's going to look like barley. And when you and when you roll in, everybody's going to say, how did you do that? And you're going to say, Shane, it was not by might. And it was not by power. But it was by His Spirit. Somebody lift your hands say it was only God. So my goddaughter beat me in Uno Flip. She did. But it ain't nothing like when God flips that script on the devil. I mean like what you thought you were losing in. I'm going to flip that thing out. Those who sow in tears will reap in joy. Somebody say, I'm getting ready to reap. All right, I'm through. I'm way over time. Break it down. Break it down. Break it down. If any of you in this room, if you needed this word, Raise your hands in the room. Say, I needed this. This was just for me. It was, I needed this. This one. Victory belongs to Jesus. I pray for every hand lifted. I pray for everyone streaming. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we've looked at what's in our hand. We've looked at what's in our life. And Lord, it doesn't seem like enough. But Lord, we trust you. We've seen you do it before same God right now is the same God back then if you did it before you do it again if I've seen you do it before I know you'll do it again in the name of Jesus Christ do it for your people let them see your hand in this season in Jesus name can we just lose our hands and give God a big praise in the room come on I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.